Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. The NFL has no chill. I mean, things are going absolutely upside down, inside out. What's that song called? Upside down. <laughs> the old the like middle, Disney Channel song. Inside out. That's For those who don't like, know, if you didn't grow up in the 2000s, you have no idea what Tom and I are talking I about. I feel like the NFL is like, though. I thought you were going to do, like, the hokey pokey. No. Everything just gets flipped on its head on a day-to-day basis. I mean, we'll turn these microphones off after this recording session, and Baker Mayfield will be uh, Somewhere. a Seattle Seahawk or something like that. Maybe you know, Atlanta like, Falcon. You, you just don't know. He won't be an Atlanta Falcon now because of their old buddy... Oh, right. Who's not their old buddy? I don't know why uh, I referred to him uh, as that. Marcus, uh, Marcus Mariota. Mariota is a thank you, now. thank you. And Josh Rosen. I mean, come uh, of on. Course. Felipe Franks. Do you remember, too. Do you remember when lot. Josh Rosen came in for Matt Ryan for like a play? Last and everybody season? remembered Josh Rosen was a thing still. Not only that, people forgot, and then they remembered because his first pass <laughs> was, was, a, was pick a pick six. six. Uh, they call that pulling a Matt Schaub. The biggest move that happened since we've last talked to you, though, is obviously within our own division here in the AFC North, and within I, about I think a two hundred radius. Yeah, nonetheless, I think that miles. you know, on paper, you see Deshaun Watson, Cleveland Browns. Oh no, the Steelers now have to face Deshaun Watson twice. They have to face Lamar Jackson twice. They have to face Joe Burrow twice. That kind of spells like end of the division for me. A basement of the division. You're pretty massively weaker like the gap between the other three quarterbacks and your quarterbacks are pretty now, and I don't know how you overcome that gap and I don't know if you really should overcome that gap that's on paper though mm-hmm. Burrow Jackson 100% I think they're the cream of the crop one two in the division as long as Jackson can stay healthy right. this year and the people around him can stay healthy there's a lot of unknown when it comes to the Deshaun Watson and to start with, you don't even know how many games he's going to be able to play this year. Because I guarantee you the NFL is going to punish him. You have to. In some way. You have to. You Whether have to. You have criminal to. or civil cases. Well, it's not going to be criminal now. Right. We know it's not. But it's uh, but still I'm just 22 saying, I'm saying, civil suits. I'm saying criminal or civil cases end up being punished. And just because it's not criminal, like you just mentioned, the amount, the quantity of the civil cases against him cannot go unpunished and I'm not even a Browns fan and talking about it kind of makes my skin crawl because the NFL has been morally corrupt many 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 times in the past people beat women people have sexually abused women before and the NFL has let them come back to play in this league is it wrong for me to say that this might be the most disgusting form of it all I mean just because of the The sheer quantity of it and I mean, you can't comparison shop which crime is worse to compared to the other crime because they're there, all there awful, is no hierarchy in horrible actions. But this one really makes my skin crawl a little extra, as does all the other stuff. But I mean, just the fact that we're in the twenties when it comes to this, like, you can't even realistically in your mind claim, oh, this is just a conspiracy to be out to get him. It doesn't work like that when there's that many women behind it, when there's 22 different women who were the only ones, by the way, that came forward wanting to put their names on a civil mm-hmm. suit or go after him in a civil suit. There's reports that he hired over 40 different massage therapists. I mean, guy has a serious problem, and he has seriously abused a lot of people. And now, at the end of all of 365-plus-day uh, saga, 
he ends up getting $230 million guaranteed. Most guaranteed money in the NFL ever. It just, it doesn't seem right. And I know that the NFL isn't a league that's supposed to, you know, always do the right thing. But you hope and you pray that there will be one that they decide to become, you know, the moral police on. You're suspended for a year. You're suspended indefinitely. And just kind of let them float out there kind of like... A shadow suspension like Kaepernick. I mean, Kaepernick can't get a job in the league. He's not actually suspended, right. but it's just, it's, it's, wink, it's wink, an hush, agreed hush. upon rule. Don't hire this among guy. all 32 owners, right? So, and Deshaun Watson obviously has buku talent. That's why he gets to be in this position that he's in after all the trouble he's been in off the field. But there's just a lot of question marks surrounding it, not just from the standpoint of how many games are you actually going to get with him next year, Cleveland. But you've basically morally bankrupted your franchise. I, you have put all your chips, and I'm not saying all your chips for this year. All your chips for the future, for I would say maybe the next five years minimum. Like you have, you have, you have seriously damaged your cap space availability. Yeah, because for the what's next it like? Get, it's only one million dollars this next year because mm-hmm. they know he's going to get suspended for a while. And then it just explodes in the next right. year. And, and you are limiting yourselves to only Deshaun Watson for essentially the future careers of Nick Chubb and any other young stud, Miles Garrett. They, I don't know if they can get really that paid because of this Deshaun Watson. Well, deal. Garrett's already been paid, so he's got twenty five million That's a year true. in the bank. But whew, just thinking out loud, like you also have to go into all those guys and say. We got Deshaun Watson. We got our guy. We're ready to turn that corner and become a franchise not only trying to get to a playoff and win a playoff game, but get to AFC Championship games and get to Super Bowls. Oh, by the way, you're probably going to have to punt on this season. So uh, one more year. Just wait one more year, guys. 2023, that's our year. Yeah, I know we got the guy, but I mean, Goodell's probably going to slap at least six games down on him. That's going to be half the season. We already play in a really tough division. So, hey, what if we get the Bengals and the Ravens in those games? He's gone. That's already going to put us behind the eight ball. We could lose to the Steelers without Deshaun Watson out there. The tougher conference overall. Absolutely. So, like, you're just going to have to convince these guys, hey, we got our guy, but maybe 2023 is the year that we actually start to – and how, down as Super and, Bowl contenders. And how typical Browns is that, where we just constantly see them saying, oh, this could be our year, this could be our year. But for the, some for some odd reason, it still falls into that same narrative, except for the first time in a while. It's, we have our, we have our team, except we just know it won't be this year. Yeah, and I think they know that. Uh, the one million dollar thing just screams that they know something's coming from the league. I'm I'm sure they've done due diligence as far as talking to the league and say, what kind of punishment do you guys think might come down for Deshaun Watson, yada, yada, yada. They didn't do their due diligence as far as interviewing any of the 22 victims of Deshaun Watson that are claiming mm-hmm. uh, these civil suits, which, I mean, how do you not at least talk to a couple of them? I mean, mm-hmm. you should talk to all of them, but whatever. I'm not going to tell the Browns how to do their own investigation. So uh, there's obviously a plan in the back of their head. we got to go at least some of this season without Deshaun Watson under center. They ship Case Keenum the hell out of there. They bring Jacoby Brissett yeah. in. He's gonna, I think that's kind of a downgrade from Case uh, yeah, Keenum. Yeah, I don't know why. So you know he's going to start week one, right? Like, Jacoby Brissett's going to be the week one starter. Sure. You feel confident saying that at least, right? I think, yeah, of course, yeah. Because he's going to be suspended. Whether If it's two games, one game, the week one, I guarantee you, he's not playing for the Browns. It's not going to be Deshaun Watson, but if they bring in maybe somebody else and there's maybe. a quarterback competition... 
Because but, you can't you can't have Deshaun Watson being suspended and only have Jacoby Brissett on your roster as an available quarterback. Yeah, you're gonna have to have a backup, obviously. Sure. But I think their plan is to have Jacoby be the starter. And you're so right about Case Keenum. He has been there for a year now, so he knows the system that Stefanski wants to run. He has far better numbers as a starter than Jacoby Brissett. He got to an NFC Championship game as a starter. I I have to believe it's to kind of get the team used to playing with a mobile quarterback before Sean Watson comes uh, in. I guess, but Jacoby ain't exactly mobile. No, he's not, but he, he has been tagged as a mobile guy in the past. But that's still not the right guy to bring in. You keep Case no. Keenum— He's familiar with your offense. He's familiar with the system. He he knows all of the pieces of that offense, like the back of his hand now, because he's a smart guy who's been around the block for a while, and he's been in the organization for over a year already. That's a guy I gladly hand the ball to for the first four weeks of the season, say, and say, hey, keep us at 2-2 two and two until Watson can come back. Or, or if it's something more dramatic than four games, if three it's six three. games, seven games, just keep us at 500 until he comes back. Now, the more and more games Watson's out, the longer you stay at 500, the more you're shooting yourself in the foot. But if but it's, it's that six games or it. less thing, you could stay 3-3, three and 2-2, three, two and two, you can easily rally and get to the playoffs from that point. I mean, I don't know. With Jacoby Brissett leading that team, I really don't know. Do you think Jacoby Brissett's a downgrade from Baker Mayfield? Hmm, I like that question. That's spicy. Slight downgrade. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, say a so. slight downgrade. Because we'd all we did the whole thing last year. Oh, is Case Keenan better than Baker Mayfield? Blah 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 blah. That's a legitimate conversation. Maybe they should have played him for a little bit, but I do think Baker's a little bit better. I mean, he's the number one overall pick. Yeah, he wasn't necessarily deserving of that, but he would have gone in the first round. And he can do things that Case Keenum simply cannot. Like he's got an arm that Keenum doesn't have, mm-hmm. and like he's. He's got a little Brett Favre in him, a little schoolyard kind of football style to him, Baker does. So I, I think he's a slight improvement compared to those two guys, but he's obviously not going to be in Cleveland. I guess the Browns could just not trade him, but why would you want to have that kind of a disruptive sure. force in your locker room? You wouldn't. And he clearly has made himself vocal as saying, I want out. So, I mean, we have time here. We got all the time in the world. Where where do you think he lands? Because the market for Baker is softening by the minute. Ryan goes to the Colts, which right. we'll talk about in a later episode that we do today. Mariota uh, to the Mariota Falcons. to the Falcons. So that's another team off the table. You don't know where Jimmy G's going to go, and I have a feeling that a team's going to want to go with Jimmy G more than they're going to want to go with Baker, especially with Baker, you know, making a lot of noise on his way out of Cleveland, whereas Jimmy G has. I mean, the writing's been on the wall since they took Trey Lance last year that Jimmy G's time is numbered in San Fran. People thought Lance was going to take the job during the season, and he was able to tune all that out. He was able to stay out of the tabloids, didn't say anything stupid, and he got his team to the NFC Championship game. So like, they're going to look at Jimmy G, and they're going to say, well, there's a guy that can handle turmoil with class and professionalism. Mm -hmm. Baker, younger player, more talent. But he kind of made a big stink on his way out of Cleveland. And you know what? Rightfully so, because he did get screwed in Cleveland. But, you know, me as a GM of an organization, I think I'd rather make the safer bet on Jimmy sure. G than gamble a lot on a Baker Mayfield. But so you I, can get a Baker for cheap, too. That's the thing. Like, you there's could. no leverage for the You Browns. could. And there are six teams right now that I think would take on Baker Mayfield over the guy that they have right now. That is the Houston Texans. Yeah. That is the New York Giants. That is. The, but, uh, let me stop you there, though. Yeah. Is it telling that Houston might not want him because they didn't take him in the trade? Right. That would be something. So maybe that you think we, they'd want we him. eliminate Houston I think from Houston's that conversation. Out of there. Okay. So, uh, do you want to throw the Jets in there? No, I think they want Wilson. Okay. So the uh, Giants, I would. So throw there in is. There. So that leads no teams in the AFC needing Baker. That eliminates half the league. You know what? That, that's good for Baker, though. 
Like right, if he wants to get a renaissance of his career, go going, to the other conference. Go to the NFC yeah. where it's easier. Also, yeah. where it's easier. Much great point. So the New York Giants with Daniel Jones. I think that's a good one. The Detroit Lions with Jared Goff. Definitely should explore it. So the the NFC South is where it gets kind of tricky. I think the Panthers should explore it. Well, we we know the Falcons just got their guy with They're Mariota. Out. The Bucks are out. The, the Saints Bucks, are out. The Saints are going to keep Winston. Yeah. So, it's so the Panthers, the Panthers, who are really high on Pickett. They were both rule the GM, sure. the OC. They were all at the. I think Carolina is going to take the first quarterback off the board, and then that leaves Seattle. I think Seattle's the spot. Although I hear a lot about them being really high on Malik Willis right. now that so they've dro- they've jumped themselves back into a decent draft pick, getting Denver's uh, first round. What pick. they're a number nine pick right uh, now, something like wherever Denver was. That's where yeah, they're, they're number nine. Out. I think, and I think they're really high on Willis, <laughs> and they're in a good spot draft wise to grab them. Too. And it's a great team to like to build around. And it's, I think, it's a great team for Willis to enter. And I wonder if they're as high on Pickett. Probably not, but I wonder if they're high enough that if Willis does somehow go before they pick, they'll just take Pickett if he's there. Like I wonder if they're. So you, if they're assume, saying Willis or Pickett's there, which it will be at nine, we'll take whatever one's there. So you can assume that two teams are likely to take a quarterback this draft. Yes, I think Carolina's a lock. Carolina just missing and out Seattle. On, unless they get Jimmy G or something like that. Seattle's a lock unless they get Jimmy G or something like that. So okay, so because like the, the thing. Colts were a lock three days ago, right? Until they get Matt Ryan. So and now someone out. is going to take Jimmy G. Yes. Over Baker Mayfield. I think so. I think so as well because I mean the guy has been to two and he's the next one left. In the last, right. I think Jimmy G and Baker are the two still kind of prominent names left out there in the quarterback carousel. So that eliminates one team of the four: Giants, Lions, Panthers, Seahawks. I don't think I kind of agree with you. It, it seems that Carolina and Seattle are the front runners to take a quarterback this year. So just a combination of one of them. So that's two teams off the board. So that only leaves two teams left that could take Baker. So really, there isn't a huge market. There's for not him. a market for Baker so at all. Baker, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to say to you, but you're not going to get this big payday like you've seen Aaron Rodgers get and Deshaun Watson get. You're not going to get it. And I have a feeling that he's not going to find himself a new home. I guess he's technically on the Browns, so I guess he technically has a home. But he's right. not going to find his new location, I think, until after the after draft. After the draft. When people know what happens, when the quarterbacks are all taken, and then they can— Maybe Carolina somehow missed on both quarterbacks that they wanted, so they have to take one now. Do you think the same will be said about Jimmy G? Yeah, I think— but I See, I'm going to say this, and then they're both going to go today. But I, right. I, I think Jimmy G and Baker are probably strong candidates where— Although the only thing different about Jimmy G is, although I guess it's the same with Baker now too, because of Deshaun. I was going to say, well, Jimmy G knows he's not starting because of Trey Lance, but it's the same deal in Cleveland. Like Baker's got starting. a worse shot at starting, oh, much worse shot, except for the fact with the suspension looming, right? But with the way that Baker's made us think, you can't have yeah, him start not, three or four games. You're not going to have him come back. Put him yeah. on your bench. So, yeah, that market for Baker is really softening. An interesting point that our good buddy and colleague on Steelers Nation Radio here, Dale Ollie, brought up is that. Teams probably should just not trade with the Browns for Baker and make the Browns pay out the rest of his guaranteed money and cut him. And then you can just sign him for nothing on the free agency market because if you kind of play that game of chicken that Dale is alluding to with the Browns, mm-hmm. they're going to cut him. There's just no way that oh, they're sure. going to just they, why, keep him. Why would they keep him? They're going to eat all that money and keep him on their roster to just sit as a backup who isn't even going to want to play, so he's going to hold out. So you're just going to have this guy on your team that's not showing up to the stadium anymore who's a backup. Like He's not even worth going through that kind of headache. So they're going to cut him. So teams like the Giants, teams like the Lions, teams like Seattle and Carolina, like it's probably in their best interest to just say, 
when Cleveland calls asking for a trade, just laugh and say, hey, huh, why would I give up any assets for a guy that I know you want out of town and I know he wants out of town? I'm just going to play it patient right now, and you're going to eventually have to move on from him. And when you do, then I'll call Baker and his agent separately from you and try to grab him on like a two-year deal, mm-hmm. m- like a Mitch Trubisky kind of deal almost. Yeah, you you don't need to be swindled by the Browns here. And I actually do think that if he becomes a free agent, which he should, there will be more teams that might sniff around. Maybe the Texans do get back into the game, because although I don't know why they wouldn't make the trade, but maybe a team like the, the, the Jets decides, hey, let's go after this guy. You know what I mean? Like When he's a free agent, you don't have to give up any capital. Right. I think it's, maybe a couple more teams would start sniffing around and be like, well, yeah, maybe bring I mean, him we in the use the backup. Yeah, or someone to kick Zach Wilson in the rear end sure. and start to compete with him a little sure, bit. Sure, sure. I, I think it's a smart move, and I think that kind of makes it worse for the Browns in terms of when you compound that money that they have to eat for Baker's contract on top of the Deshaun Watson deal. Yes. Of course, the Deshaun Watson deal is astronomically larger than Baker's rookie deal, but it's still dead money. Yeah. It's, it's still, still burning cash. It is, and, I mean, teams are more willing to do that these days, I mean, sure. the Falcons just took the largest dead cap hit in the history of the NFL for Matt Ryan, moving him to the Indianapolis Colts. So it's very clear that there's teams that are willing to just eat a bunch of cash to move their franchise into different directions. So we'll see what the Browns do there. But as far as the hierarchy goes of the AFC North, to kind of come back full circle to end this episode, you're just not going to know until, A, what happens with the punishment for Deshaun Watson, and B... Really, what's he going to look like after taking a year off from football? Like, that's fair. I mean, hey, all you people out there kept banging the table that, oh, Colin Kaepernick can't play. He's been out of the league for too long. He doesn't remember how to throw the football anymore. That's stupid. Like, he, I, back mm-hmm. then, I thought that's stupid. I thought a year off, he could still play really successful now football. Now that it's been five years. Yeah, of course, it's different now. But I think I play the same thing to Deshaun Watson. Like, I know there's people that are wondering, well, what's he going to look like when a year off? You know, his last year in Houston, he had a lot of weapons on that team, and they only sure. won four games that year. Right, like, and they had Defensive Player of the Year, former Defensive Player of the Year, J.J. No, Watt. they had a good team. And and the emerging at the time, Jadavion Clowney. Maybe they had holes, but you're supposed they were to— a good team. You're supposed to be the, the deodorant of holes like that when you're a top-five quarterback. He led the league in passing yards that year, and they still only won they four They still only won four I don't know somehow. if I've ever seen that disparity between a, st- a positive statistic and a negative winning record. So, like, that's what we're operating off of. The past three years, we've got—or two years, we've got leading the league in passing yardage but winning only four games when you're relatively healthy all year long and finishing in the basement of your you division. have to you have to be healthy all year long if you're gonna lead the league in passing 100 and then an entire year off mm-hmm. so like that's then, four wins in over two seasons for deshaun watson and then you can you can assume he's gonna miss a, at least four anywhere I think between four, is, four six eight games so that's another stretch of games where he won't be on the field like I said, I thought it was stupid when you'd make the argument, oh, he's missed a year, Kaepernick, he doesn't know how to play football anymore. I kind of feel the same with Deshaun Watson, but it is different. Because the year before he was good individually, but team-wise he was bad. And Kaepernick missed a year because of being blackballed because of a good cause, because of something he believed in that was morally right. Not 22 this civil cases against This is the exact him. opposite end of the spectrum. So not only was he out for a year, 
like the talk around Kaepernick was, well, at least he's doing a great thing for the most part. Obviously, there were some people out there that hated him. I think that's pretty clear if you go on Twitter. But for the most part, he could hear people say, well, this is a right thing he's doing. It's a good cause. I'm glad that he's, you know, sticking by what he believes in. You ain't getting any of that with Watson. No. He's sitting at home for a year listening to people talk about how bad he is as a person, talk about how he shouldn't play in the league ever again. How, and how no team should be willing to sign be willing him. willing to sign him. Like, he's alienated uh, the female sex in the entire world, and mm-hmm. he should be. And he's alienated most of the men men as well. These two men in this room, I could guarantee you he's alienated. Sure, I mean, so like, like, how, many team, how many teammates does he have who have wives, girlfriends, fiancés? 100%. So, like, there's distraction coming oh, with yeah. Watson being out for a year that Kaepernick just never really faced. The distraction with Kaepernick was created by the idiots on Twitter. This is legit distraction. Like, he had to go through a grand jury trial. Like, he had to have himself prepared for that. He had to go through, you know, all of the meetings with his lawyers leading up. Like, there was a lot of stressful things that he had to do, and rightfully show it should be stressful when you commit something like that that he was accused of committing. Like, there was a lot of stuff on his plate that, like, could have weighed on him and distracted him legitimately from football. So I think there is a little bit of nuance, a little bit of difference between the two being off for some extended period of time. I mean, but I do end up leaning back towards he's probably going to be pretty good. Like, sure. I do end up coming back towards that end of the end of the spectrum. The question is, how good is the team around him going to be? Because the team around good. him, I don't really remember the details of the 2020 Houston Texans, other than the fact that they were 4-12. But I don't really know the pieces that were there. Were they that much worse than the 2022 Cleveland Browns? I don't think they were like absurdly worse, but mm-hmm. I think they were worse. I think Cleveland's got a really good roster. I mean, I think it is clear that last year what held them back was the quarterback position. Was the relationship that Baker had with the coaching staff yeah, and, and the their other trust players. in Baker, yeah. too. That was a big problem, too. But the fact that they, he just couldn't get the job done was their undoing last year. And I think now, if he comes back eventually and plays like he has in his career up to this point, now you can have a chance. You have a, a a possibility of Stefanski getting pass happy, but it working out now because you've got a much more talented player. So, but will Nick Chubb be happy with that? You you could create an entirely different problem within the roster or within the locker room. I think Nick Chubb will be happy with that if they're winning. Sure, you have yeah. winning is the thing that masks everything. You can get away with murder. If you're winning football mm-hmm. games, and I meant murder in the metaphorical sense, as Not far as disrupting Deshaun the, Watson, possible sense. <laughs> no, but as far as the in the locker room being a yeah. distraction, like we've saw it up close and personal forever. Steelers go thirteen and three, and, and nobody cares about no Antonio one, Brown yeah, doing no anything because until the next year when they go nine eight and one, exactly. Like when or you nine win, seven and one or nine six and one, you win it masks all of your problems. That's that's just the way it goes in this league in any sport. It, it, winning fixes everything. So. As long as they're winning, I think everybody will be happy. But if they start to be like the Texans of 2020 and they're four and went, struggling to get to four wins, and then everybody's like, well, this guy's coming in and we're not winning football games and he's taking carries away from me and we've given up our first-round draft pick for the next three years, although I'm sure they're trying to get one back for Baker, but no one should give him that at all. Like, you could get stuck real easy if you're Cleveland if this doesn't work out. So it's a huge, huge gamble. And it's something I could definitely see blowing up in the Browns' face. Mm-hmm. Honestly, do you see it more working out for them and going on to 10-plus years of great football, maybe getting to a couple Super Bowls, maybe winning one, God forbid? Or do you see this blowing up in their face more? I, I think I see it blowing up more than I do them being great. 
I have to look to history to With say the franchise. That, to say that I think it's gonna blow up in their faces. I think they the two hundred and thirty million dollars is you're just handicapping yourself for any future deals down the line. Whether it's guys already on the team or guys you would like to bring in to add to Deshaun Watson, but you can't because you already paid him too much. And you need wide receivers. Oh, buddy, you do. Do you think Jarvis Landry decides to stay now, though? I don't know. That's a pretty good quarterback to be throwing the football oh, to of you. of course. So he might switch his mind up a little bit. But then again, he doesn't know when the quarterback's going to start throwing the ball to him. Like, he doesn't know when that's going to come to fruition, right. at least Jacoby in 2022. Jacoby throwing the ball? I mean, he For won't five be, games? Like, he won't mm. be getting a lot of targets, a lot of catches. So I wonder if that's in his mind now. I think it's clear as day. Well, they don't have a first-round pick, so they can't do it then. I don't even think they have a second-round pick now. The trade just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Right. They got to use a wide receiver somewhere. Whenever they do eventually end up picking, they have to have to have to pick one of these wide receivers. In this I mean, they're lucky this year is loaded. Is loaded, right? But you know, hey, you just said it yourself. This franchise has a track record. Who's to say they don't take a big swing and miss on a wide receiver and get like the sure. next Jalen Rager or something sure. like that? It just could happen. So there's a lot of holes still. I mean, yeah, they got great running backs. Their line is solid, and now they have a potentially top five quarterback. If he ends up getting back onto the field, time will tell how long he'll have to serve a suspension there. And then on the defensive side of the ball, Miles Garrett's one of the most dominant pass rushers in the league. I'll, I'll give him credit and say he's probably the second or third best pure pass rusher in the league behind TJ Watt. And they've got good linebackers. Owasa Koromoa is a good young linebacker. Right. And they really invested a ton into their secondary. Josh Johnson played well last year that they brought in. Denzel Ward's a really good cornerback. They have a ton of pieces around that could make this team really good, but there's just one glaring hole at that wide receiver position that now needs to be addressed more than ever because if Watson finishes his suspension and returns to form like he was in 2019 or even 2020 when he led the league in passing yardage, you've got a legitimate stud throwing the ball to players now. You're going to need guys that can come down with it and guys that can run good routes and guys that are going to be able to get open and someone he can establish a true number one connection with like he had with DeAndre Hopkins all those years in Houston. So that's a huge hole still for them is that wide receiver spot. And without a lot of draft capital, and like you said, moving forward, not much money, it'll be interesting to see how they address that. You just brought up a great point that I never considered. We talk so much about the 2021 Arizona Cardinals, the drop-off from when DeAndre Hopkins left. How much is, I'm not saying that DeAndre, or (laughs) Deshaun Watson is super reliant, but... How much is Deshaun Watson's success, his passing success, in large due in large part to having a guy like DeAndre Hopkins? Is DeAndre on Hopkins your teams? a quarterback maker? Like, does he just make really good quarterbacks, mind you? Murray and Watson have a ton of talent. Does he make really good quarterbacks, great, great. quarterbacks? Just because he's so. If you don't have a guy like, I mean, Jarvis Landry, let's be honest, is not DeAndre Hopkins. He's not a kingmaker. No you're way. not gonna. You're not gonna say, oh, well, I got my guy, so I'm I'm okay. I, I we'll have to see. You know who is a kingmaker though that was d- tweeting about coming to Cleveland? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. Please, you don't want to talk about Antonio Let's, Clown? C A B Cab, whatever he <laughs> tweeted out. Cleveland Antonio Browns. <laughs> oh, that's what they need, right? That's oh, they, that's, that's what that they would need be the icing on the cake if you're not a Browns fan to have Antonio Brown in that locker room. 
it really could happen with the way that the Browns seem to have completely sure. just thrown morality to the side here. And the way that Antonio Brown loves to throw morality All to the, the side. All the time. That'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Still a lot more NFL to talk about, so make sure you're tuning into our later episodes that we tape up for you. But for Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Offerman, and we will talk to you guys next time.